love you, Lord. I thank you so much for the Iron Show and for my friends, Johnny and Rick, Lord. Father, I thank you. I love you, Lord. I love you so much, Jesus. Hi. Welcome to the Iron Show. It's your boy, Johnny. And I am down here, pounding the old anvil with my host, co-host, Richard. Who's coming here with a nice cup of tea, with a splash of honey, and a little bit of lemon. We're here to bring you to the Iron Show for some nice, soft conversation among Hey, welcome to the Iron Show. It's your boy Johnny. And I'm down here, pounding the old anvil with my host co-host. Hey, this is Richard. I'm pounding the old with Johnny and his pounding on his head with his own co-host, host, host, co-host. <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? I would like to welcome everybody to the 16th official Iron Show. Number 16, D6, 16, watch up, Now, uh, Rick, my co-host, I uh, know, I know you got a couple shout-outs, I know you got a shout-out, one or two. Shout it out, Rick, shout it out! moment i'll say what's up to robert and stefan and uh mike Carr, and uh uh let's say all the people out there and dr future man hey doc PID radio man and everybody that's coming new to our show and everybody out there in the missionary field that are listening to us like in india uh let's say uh to tarapudi we want to say hello and a big what's up what's up what's up what's up Congratulations to my buddy Jerry Hot Rod Demink. He had a daughter today that was born at uh, 7 or 7, oh, just a little while ago. And she was just born. And, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, yeah, Jerry Hot Rod Demink and Stephanie Demink had a baby. And her name was Anna Estelle Demink, born 621, 2010 at 7.40 p.m., 7 pounds, 3 ounces. 18 and a half inches long. She's beautiful. So I haven't seen her yet, but that's what he said to me, and she was just bored. I want to big what's up to, uh, to them both, and congratulations, and I love them. Yeah, hey, uh, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. I want to give a what's up to, uh, of course, my hero, Dr. Future. Tom Bionic, Fizzy Boy. Love you, Fizzy. Love you, Doc. And uh, Derek and Sharon Gilbert, PID Radio. Chris White. Hey, Chris, man, you rock. And uh, give a shout out to my friend Jeff at the uh, NashvilleChristian.com. Jeff, uh, he's the owner of NashvilleChristian.com. And uh, me and Rick are members there. And I would like to encourage all you wonderful people to go to NashvilleChristian.com. Tell them you know Rick and Johnny. Sign up. Let's get in there. Let's mix it up. What's up? What's up? What's up? And uh, I'd like to welcome everybody to Iron Show 16, and uh, we have a wonderful guest here, and he's a friend of Rick's, his name is Stefan, and what's he's... Up, uh, Stephen? What's up, Stefan? What's up, Stefan? What's up? What's up? 
And we're going to talk about we're going to talk about prophecy. We're going to talk about uh, the issues he has with prophecy and prophets. And uh, I'll probably get in there and give my two cents. And uh, we're going to wander this conversation all over the street like we always do. Because we like to hit our guests. We like to keep them on their guard. And we like to take them places where they don't usually go. And uh, I know I like to take our guests places they don't want to go. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Yeah, we have a uh, Stefan is a really good friend of mine, and uh, together a lot. We, we actually sit down and get down to the nitty gritty, and uh, he has a very wonderful, uh, wonderful buffet of ancient history, and he really knows mm, ancient history. Mongolian barbecue. And, uh, he speaks Mongolian. Language, uh, different languages and stuff like that. So, Stefan. Show us what. What do you think of prophecy? You were you were talking about a buffet, and uh, I just thought of Mongolian barbecue. Hey, Mo- you know Mongolian, I Mongolian. Dude, I love Mongolian barbecue. Mongolian, cause Mongolian, 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 Mongolian. I like all the wonderful. Uh, I don't ju- like Mongolian technocracy. <laughs> On the Iron Show, we're so glad to have you here, and we love you, dear listeners. We love you on the Iron Show. Oh, on the Iron Show, thank you for being here. Hello. Anyway, you gonna like that. That was good. I like that little song. We just wrote that. You know, we just wrote that song. Spur of the moment. Hey, guess what? I, I was going to send you a picture of this real quick. Thank you for that wonderful guitar playing, Rick. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, in my MSL, but thank you. Thank, thank you, you for that wonderful guitar. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. See you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. How sweet the sound that sings. A rest like me. I'm a What's love? 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 What's I don't have Pinky here with me, so you've caught me at so much of a disadvantage. Anyway. So anyway. Are we done? Thank you for uh, being here with us tonight on The Iron Show. Then there are people who get prophecy right. Yeah. And it, it's really disturbing, especially when you look at John the Baptist when he was in jail. He goes over and he, he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, Are you the one, 
Or do we have to wait for another one? Now, wait a second. John the Baptist was the guy that said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now he's in jail, and he's alone and despondent, and I understand that. Now he's questioning whether this is the Christ or not. So, if you want to look at it this way, even if you were the one to hail the Christ the first, John the Baptist, you have your doubts, you get things wrong. So, I think that people who get prophecy right are more rare than people who actually prophesy. Because think about it, all of the people who've actually got it right in the Bible, I know this is circular logic, but they actually have books of the Bible named after them. Except, you know, except for John the Baptist. And, of course, those, a couple of people who were at the temple when Jesus was being brought in to be uh, dedicated, right? So you've got, it's, it's incredibly difficult for Christians to, mm, how should I say, to rely on people who say, well, okay, I've got this prophecy figured out. Now, me personally, I had a, I had a, you know, the, the Ezekiel 30, I mean, yeah, the Ezekiel 38 stuff about when Magog goes down into Israel. And ever since I was a kid, well, not since I was a kid, but yeah, pretty much, I figured, well, it, Israel's got one friend in the Muslim world, one real friend, and that's Turkey. So I've been waiting for Turkey to go rotten on them, all right, which they just recently have. And now I'm kind of caught between... Well, I'll be wrong again on this one, and uh-oh, here it comes. So I just wanted to oh, kitty cat. I just wanted to ask your opinion. What do you think is going on with prophecy? And the number of books that you guys have covered, and the number of people that you guys have covered, if it's indeed, if it's more rare for people to get prophecy right than for people to prophesy from the Lord, doesn't that mean that the interpretation of the prophecy would also be given to you? by grace, from the Holy Spirit, and be even more rare than somebody who, you know, it's prophecy something that we see in the rearview mirror when it happens. It's not, it's not something that, Jesus said, look, when the sky is red in the morning, you say, oh, it's going to be, a, uh, the road is going to be bad. But when it's, when the sky is red, now, oh, it's going to be a wonderful day tomorrow. And he says, you know how to read the signs of the weather, but you don't know how to, Read the signs of the times. Now, well, I think the problem. I think the problem is, is that we don't, we don't uh, understand the spiritual world. Uh, Jesus said, you know, if I tell you about earthly things and you don't understand, how can I tell you about spiritual things? And precisely. that's one of the. That's the biggest factor, I think, in getting prophecy wrong. But um, as far as prophets go, all the prophets in the Bible, the actual prophets, were never wrong. No, but. But the, but people, the people interpreting them were. Yes. Peter, Peter even says that even with Paul, who wasn't a prophet, but he was an apostle, they say the unstable and the, basically, I, I'll use my own words, the ideologist twist to their own destruction. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, leaning on your own understanding. It, it, that's exactly it. It's, you know, that's what the Bible completely says. It's like, the Bible speaks, it's God speaking to you. It's God already spoke it, it stays, it does not change. And some people just take this and that and they kind of you go, whoa, you know, they don't really. Here's a verse, like I say, a, a puzzling verse, any verse in there that, that will puzzle you. Like, 
uh, let's understand the mysteries or, or like what I was thinking about affliction, you know, why is God, you know, why does he give you affliction? What's the mystery of this? Why would he do this or, or whatever? And cross-referencing scripture to scripture actually will show you exactly what they're pointing out. Um, the Bible, like I said, is written in 66 books uh, through 1,600 years approximately, through uh, 40 different generations approximately, if I can say that. And each generation, that you, it's like Paul, when they taught the, in the New Testament, they always reflected to the Scriptures. Jesus always said to them, "You do you not know the Scripture? What the Scriptures saith? He always says that, even in all oh, the yeah. prophecy. The, they understood prophecies at the time. They had an interpretation that the Messiah was going to come and be a king. And he's going to be this earthly king like King David. And they had this wrong impression from, yeah, from the prophecy. I mean, read Isaiah. I mean, how, how can you misunderstand Isaiah? They, they understood correctly. They didn't understand that there were two no, they comings. Didn't. They didn't. They, they didn't understood know they were, yeah, absolutely correctly. Suffering. Christ will return as a king. But they did not understand oh, yeah. the suffering yeah, Christ yeah. came first. Yeah. They did not under yeah. see it as two visitations. They saw it as, I don't know how they saw it, but how they get a pierced Christ who is cut off from the land of the living and has nothing left. Who uh, the shepherd who is struck and his 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 followers scatter, and then they get the triumphant king who brings on the age of righteousness and submits everything under his feet, and then then he in turn submits it to God. How are you gonna? You can't pick that out of Old Testament scripture. Okay, I've got to jump in there and put uh, gently put in a corrective. Uh, yes, you can pull that out of Old Testament scripture. Uh, it's very difficult, and uh, I'm sure that only the most learned of men at the time would have been able to do such a thing. But uh, uh, I would like to reference uh, Future Quake 64 with uh, Dr. Future and Peter Goodgame. Uh, new revealings of the Antichrist, the identity of the Antichrist. Uh, and that is, go to futurequake.com, and uh, you want to go scroll down to March of 2007, and you're looking for Future Quake, uh, the revealings of the identity of the Antichrist. And uh, Peter Goodgame does a real good job of pointing out there in the second half of uh, Future Quake 64 of how you can pull that out of uh, Old Testament scripture. So I need to put in a corrective there and uh, we'll continue. And you can try and try and try and try. You get, and you get weird anomalies like the three wise men. They didn't even have Jewish scripture. They had Zoroastrian scripture, and that said that the, the Jesus would be born in Bethlehem or the king of the Jews. So, you know, in this horrible thing where, okay, our ability to interpret prophecy is completely, absolutely constricted by what the, the Holy Spirit decides to show us. And if he shows us exactly what it is, yeah, but... If we're going to go in there, I, and, I, and I really, I salute the brothers that do the research and, and go through the, the time and the energy to, to write these books, I really do. But unless, it's the, unless the Lord builds a house, the understanding will fall. I've seen my understanding fall so many times. It's like you've got to, you've got to rely on God to, because the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. But I think I think I think it's okay to speculate. 
Yeah. As long as you know, as long as you know, and as long as you say that, in my opinion, this is the way I see it. I could be wrong, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, I said I would like to see it this way too, or, or it would be cool if it was this way, or, or you know. Uh, but yeah, our understanding of like the thing that really gets, you know, what is really erroneous is when certain churches have divided because of prophecy doctrinaire uh, doctrinaire uh theology but prophecy is one of them uh there's yeah. churches out there that hold to for instance a pre-trib you know i'm just i picked that one because that's the most popular one um you know they they have that they hold to that uh, and and if you don't if the one thing about it is, is really erroneous is that if you don't agree with their interpretation of prophecy you're in a cult <laughs> then or whatever they'll they'll label you and they'll like stay your distance in fact they keep the division going well i would say to them that they have done it cuz i've experienced this i said well you go back why don't you go back to the puritans are, are you going to hold them cuz this is where it's coming from you know would you hold charles spurgeon like that when he wrote Something totally di different from what you believe. He wrote, a, you know, a book in his book called uh, uh, "On the Second Coming," one of his sermons uh, that he saw totally different from the people that believed in what Darby believed. If you, you when you do your history, you, you know, look up in in the eighteen hundreds, like eighteen thirty to be exact, is when uh, Edward Irving started making that theory popular. Um, you know, for instance, that's. But the whole thing is 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 that you know division that, that causes people to divide on it, you know, and it, it shouldn't be so. It should be uh, weird. Paul calls us to be, you know, unified to, you know, that, yeah, we're going to have our differences, but, you know, unity and diversity, which is the model of the church that I go to, uh, bring it to the table. Let, let's iron these things out, like the iron show. <laughs> What do you think, Stephen? Our knowledge is not perfect. And you know what? Our knowledge is not perfect, and that's on purpose. So that we would walk by faith. Amen. You know? We would walk, I'm sorry, walk not by knowledge. It puffs up. And like I was telling, I was telling Richard, you know, I've been in the Lord a long time, and I thought I'd known stuff. And I've been puffed up like a kernel of popcorn so many times. You know, you could just call me Colonel Pop. Colonel <laughs> Pop. You know, it's kind of related to Asher. Maybe it's no, Asher is a part of the twelve tribes of Israel. I know, but he's also a bad guy. He's a serious. I think. I think. Oh yeah. oh yeah, there's another guy that It was also an Assyrian. Assyrians were possibly one of the cruelest groups of people ever in history. They would commit suicide in villages uh, instead of being taken by those guys. That's oh, really well, good. yeah. So when, when somebody, when, when they mention in letters to their mothers how many people that they skinned alive and hung from the wall... You know that this is a very, very bad group of people, and they kind of like make they make the Nazis look like Mormon missionaries. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, they used to skin people alive, and they were alive. I mean, they used to cut them down to the bone. Yeah, they'd skin them oh, and they'd yeah. hang them upside down on the walls, 
They hang them upside down so all the blood would rush to their heads and they'd stay alive longer. Yeah. Yeah, that's an imp it, that was impaling. They did the impaling. Like Vlad, Count Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much like that. That's where they got the idea from. Yeah, right here we switched gears in the conversation, and uh, he's uh, he's kind of a fan of the uh, pre-flood uh, era, the pre-flood technology, the antediluvians. So we started talking about the uh, before the flood and the antediluvians, and uh, perhaps uh, their technology. We speculated a bit on their technology. So here the conversation continues uh, pre-flood. So, yeah, Ashurbanipal, he built this enormous city, and I can't remember the name of it. After he finished it, two years later, it was deserted. It was absolutely deserted, and nothing came of it. The newest, most modern city of its age, boom, gone. Now, what happened to the books? We don't know. But the uh, uh, shortly after his proclamation that he had the books, nobody really messed with him for quite a while. Because, well, if you've got the books from before the flood, that gives you a tremendous advantage in the in the um, what would you call it in the in the the struggle between superpowers. Yeah, well, at the time Babylon and, and Egypt were struggling back and forth. Israel was a side player, and Ashurbanipal of the Assyrians said, "Okay, I've suddenly got all the gimmicks that the people before the flood had." At that point, you leave the man alone. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about some of these gimmicks, and you know, even speculate and uh, stuff like that. Because me and Rick, uh, we we think that maybe there was iPods and Chevys before the flood. Uh, no. I pretty much say no. There were not iPods and Chevys, but it does say in the Book of Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new. There's nothing now that hadn't existed before, and. So, if scripture is absolutely true, then we're going to have to take take it as um, fact that they had flying machines, that they had space flight, that they had projectile weapons, perhaps they even had particle beam weapons. Everything we have now, we cannot consider new, except that we rediscovered it. It's sort of like the it's sort of like the story of the wheelbarrow. So they did have iPods and Chevys. Possibly some form of uh, artificial intelligence and some form of I know the Hindus say they, they had the Panas which as they describe yeah. those they're very much like airplanes and they had a power source that emanated from uh, you know certain locations that's how they drew their power yeah they also said that they used they used the, the Panas also used uh, mercury as one of the elements uh, of that they were powered with there's in the Gitas, oh, I'm sorry, not the Gitas. Yeah, the Nazis were experimenting with mercury uh, in the uh, in their Nazi bell. Uh, their experiments with uh, time travel, with uh, time-space alteration, time-space manipulation. Uh, you remember the Nazi bell? I don't know about that. I know, uh, you know, I was stationed in Germany. Yeah. And I know that, that I was stationed in a place called Baumholder back in the late 1980s. And I know that there were certain areas where they sealed them off because the, uh, the Nazis had booby-trapped these underground bunkers so effectively that even with modern technology, you couldn't go down there and find what they had. So they're absolutely... Some people think they found those books. Some people think that. The pre-flood books. Huh... 
You know, they were you know what? For stuff like that. You know what? There's, it's, well, you look at it nowadays. There's so many, so many of the major powers have developed extremely advanced underwater technology. All right? Small robot submarines. And it's all been incorporated into national navies. The Russians, the Indians, the Chinese. Because there's so many sunken cities. There's so many pre-flood cities. Oh, so, yeah. if you send a robot down there, scrambling around, looking for stuff, who knows what they brought up. Now, all the navies claim that this is for scientific research. But if it's for scientific research, why do they spend all their time in sunken cities looking for what? And they don't show us in National Geographic the size of the cities or the scope of the cities or even give us photographs of the uh, uh, foundations of the buildings. But we know that the navies are down there. Oh, yeah. And they, China. They keep it so secret, too. I mean, you're not going fi- to find out what they've discovered. There's just no way. You will eventually. Yeah, eventually. They don't want you. They don't want you. Into modern weapons technology. But you won't know that it came from pre-flood times. No. Uh, they don't want you to know. And my theory is, is because... They don't want you to know that civiliz- highly advanced civilizations existed here and then fell. Uh, they don't want people thinking that we could fall any day. Yes, it, it exposes a, an enormous vulnerability. Hey, this man, just, that's perfect. That's perfect. Beautiful. These societies are, became dependent on that technology, and it became sort of a crutch. It's sort of like um, the Sumerian civilization. For years and years, people thought, wow, it just popped up. And how did it pop up with these people knowing how to build houses and how to harvest grains and how to weave fabric? Well, they go off of the coast of Iraq, and there's a number of, there's a huge number of sunken cities. So obviously, in the, in the time after the flood, while the earth was still settling, you know, when the floodwaters were still settling, who knows what happened? Who knows? These people could have come from anywhere. There's, if you go to the Mediterranean Sea, there's something like over 200 sunken cities in the Mediterranean. And there's a huge salt crust on the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea. And I mean, it's thick. It's like inches thick, which indicates that at one point, the Mediterranean Sea had dried up. It was some sort of weird, warm, tropical valley. Oh, yeah, nothing like it is now. No. The earth that we have it now, we if you go from Scripture, well, not just uh, Christian Scripture, but if you go into the Vedas, if you go into uh, the tales from other, the folklore of other, uh, of other peoples, groups, and ethnic uh, uh, associations, you find out people lived longer. There was a, it was a, to- it was a different world. Yeah, I believe we had. I believe in the antediluvian canopy. We had a shell of water and car- frozen water and carbon dioxide around the Earth, and it it just protected everybody from all kinds of uh, radiation and and also the the oxygen content before the flood was like sixty percent, you know, and and that's like a hyperbaric chamber. Oh yeah. yeah, and you could live a long time in those situations in that in that situation, you know, and it was okay. so good Got for you. When somebody has flesh-eating bacteria, and they've neutralized the bacteria, where do they put the person to heal? Uh, I don't know where. 
in a hyperbaric chamber. Oh, right, they yeah. They the oxygen level up to about about 60%, somewhere around there. Um, low 40s to high 50s. Do they come out doing the moonwalk like Michael Jackson? Uh, no, but he had to, <laughs> The reason it's, it's speculated now, okay, we're on speculating about Michael Jackson now, which is his problem. Right on. This is the Iron yeah. Show. Uh, yeah, thanks, Johnny. But uh, the guy had had his face worked over so many times, he had to heal. And the only and the best place to heal, like we're saying after flesh-eating bacteria or giant ulcerations or something like that, is a hyperbaric chamber. The oxygen aids in the healing and the, the sores close up. I want to live in a, hi- I want a hyperbaric chamber. Oh, I would too, actually. <laughs> you know, they do that to, don't they do that to also the hey, divers? Maybe we could sell them on the Iron Show website. We could start yeah. building them and selling them. Yeah, are you pushing 50? Do you, uh, yeah, 47. Do you that youthful spring in your step? <laughs> Iron Show, hyperbaric chambers. Turn that oxygen up to 50% and feel all the old wounds heal. <laughs> uh, I, it might. I don't know. I'm we thinking, could sell them for about four grand each, and uh, if you could build them for less than that, yeah, you might make make a little money. But yeah, so I, I'm pretty much I agree with you. The earth as we live as we as we live now, we're stunted, we're stupid, and we're short lived as compared to the people before the flood. Yeah, we don't have a bunch of oxygen. We don't have an antediluvian canopy protecting us from. You know, all the bad things in space. And plus, we've grown up since childhood in this oxygen-poor environment. Think what it's done to our brain development. Oh, yeah. You know, anybody knows, you know, who's done any, you know, any medical classes that as soon as your brain starts losing oxygen, man, you just go retarded. You're brain damaged. Yes, exactly. And imagine an entire race of people who are in, thoroughly in inbred as we are because only eight people got off of that ark and they were all related that's a good point inbred and in a low oxygen environment compared to what their species was designed to live in so we were we're we're not only stunted we're stupid and we're inbred i'm retarded i'm retarded we are (laughs) i i know i am (laughs) try reading some of the stuff that aristotle wrote Oh, yeah. This is just 2,000 years ago. I'm struggling with Augustine. I can barely keep up with that guy. Exactly. Now, this is uh, the clear-thinking mind of people who, in pre-industrial societies, okay, we're not much, I don't know what the oxygen content was back then, but you got to under, well, you got to figure that there's been some effect of the Industrial Revolution, plus all the volcanoes, the volcanoes themselves, throw off more carbon dioxide and other sorts of gases that would crowd the um, oxygen level down, down, down. Till oh, yeah, you can't blame your Chevy. You can't blame your Chevy for that. I'm just totally against no, that. No, 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 you, can't, no. you can't really blame. I mean, you could, I would say as a in theory, so, you know, people don't take a whole, you know, but anyway, that, you know, it, it happens in microclimates, you know, and environments. Little, you know, like pollution does exist, like San Diego Bay is polluted because people dump their stuff in there. But, you know, the sea acts like a filter. Yes. And it does because the salt's there. There's a reason for salt. And it does filter stuff out. 
But, uh, you know, it doesn't do it all out, you know, and uh, right now what's going on with the, the environment of the oil spill, that was, I blame the EPA for that more than uh, what they're trying to blame everything for. I do blame government because they made the oil companies go out to deeper waters and they said, hey, look, we warned you about this. We can't go that far. We can't repair if anything happens. And this is a result of, you know, Environmental Protection Agency people. Uh, and letting them become a, you know, have power in our government, and so now, you know, that's just. But look at what it's doing. Follow the money. It's Follow not the money. The whole world, but it's affecting these three states, which is, you know, it's, millions. Uh, yeah, it's, millions of people. Yeah. yeah, and okay, let's look at it this way: Mount Pinatubo exploded. It put more, um, what was it, nitrates, uh, carbons, and what they call greenhouse gases into the atmosphere in the past 200 years of industrial uh, civilization. All of that together doesn't make one medium-sized volcanic eruption. They're happening under the ocean surface all the time. They just had one in Iceland. I can't remember the name of it. It's some sort of multi... I can't remember the name of it. But so we're in a degraded environment, and we are... Pretty much the dwarfish, retarded children of a greater, higher civilization. And I think that uh, itself is enough to keep for the, the government to want to keep a lid on it. If you want to say, okay, look, it, here's, here's a picture of you, and here's a picture of your ancestor. It's the complete inverse of evolution. You have these these Devo, Devo. Yeah. Devo. De-evolution, sorry. Exactly. You have these stunted, stupid little people whose science is mechanistic, you know, at at the best mechanistic, whereas their ancestors, even so far as 2,000 years ago, there was a man, I forget his name, he was a Greek out of Alexandria, he measured the distance to the nearest star using three pieces of string, two sticks, and four rocks, and he got it wrong by about 14 miles. Oh, okay? wow. That's cool. That's and that's just within the history of Western civilization. Now, yeah, but you know what? I don't think the stars are that far away. I think uh, they don't understand space. Uh, myself, I, I think they don't understand space time. He stretches out, out the void as a blanket. In other words, he stretched it out. All right. Now, whether it's completely taut at this point or not, they say space is expanding, which means that it's continually being stretched out. Then you could say it two ways. You could say the heavens are being stretched out, or you could say space is expanding. Both are saying the exact same thing. That's or cool. Shrinking, some say it's decaying. I so love that. They, the, the yeah, point, entropy, the law of entropy. To a point where it snaps back. Yeah, but right. that hasn't happened yet. It's already. It's still. It's still. Well, God says He holds it between His uh, uh, forefinger and His thumb. thumb. It's, it's like a pinch. He holds it between. Like, eh, here's you. And that's our omniverse. That's everything that we can possibly conceive of. Yeah, and these scientists, these big brain scientists, these physicists, laugh at Christians, you know, who believe yeah. in the God of Israel and Jesus Christ, and that He's the Son of God, and then and that you know He created the universe. But at the same time, they will tell you. Nobody understands quantum physics. 
I mean, and yet these people want to want. If there is information out there that, like, I say, for instance, man does this, you know, right now in 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 uh, American education, and they're probably doing it around the world. But you know, is that they're forbidding them to even know American history, or and put disclaimers on the Constitution, or they're not teaching kids anything. And, and it's like, since we don't know about these things that are underneath the sea, these civilizations, all these things that it should be. For all of us to know, right, that they don't, if these things are true, right, which more likely they are, they because are. there was civilization before, um, you know there was, uh, we know, and they think that man lived 10,000 years or whatever, uh, that why, why wouldn't you want us to know this information is because of their fact, their ideology comes all the way back to that. If it doesn't fit in their ideology, they, they don't, you know, the, the powers that be do not want anybody to know it. But God is interfering constantly, and they, that's why they're trying to shut us, shut you and me down, Johnny, and shut uh, Doctor Future and do, all these people. Uh, they don't want us to. They, they, you know, they don't want to accept that. You know, hey, wait a minute. Those of us that do read Scripture, we do know more than you do. You know why? Because of the fact that we, it's God that is showing this through the most simplest book in the world, the most popular book in the world, the most sold book in the world, the most oldest book in the world, just about, you know, like... Job is. Job you know, is the Job, oldest. You think, uh, in the whole 66 collection, uh, that it keeps coming back, and it, it, it ever, they, they keep trying to wipe it out uh, and burn their Bibles, they try it throughout history, and it comes back even more popular. Well, it's, a, it's the same thing. There once was a man named Copernicus, and it was a Polish man. And he said, okay, look, this is how the heavens actually work. Here's the mechanism by which the heavens works, and here's how you measure it. A man named Galileo took up his challenge. He did the experiments, came up with the same conclusion. Galileo was ordered to recant by the church. He was arrested for heresy. All right? Now, the church at that point was a major player in the state. What, you, what he did was, at a certain point, he frightened the cardinals, the College of Cardinals. He frightened the power base because he came upon a truth. And this truth did not agree with their twisted view of Scripture. Now, Scripture obviously says, he, he lays forth the, the heavens like a vault or a dome over the earth. In other words... What we have, oh, oh no, he, uh, he, oh, I can't, oh, it just, the scripture left me. Basically, it says, is that the earth is a globe in scripture, all right? In Job. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe it's in Job. In Isaiah. Uh, Job it's, and Isaiah. Okay. It's the circle, the circle of the earth. The circle of the for. earth, exactly, perfectly. All right. They had this twisted view of scripture, and because they, they had banked their bets on infallibility, human infallibility, what Galileo did was he, he shook that foundation. And if the governments of the world want to maintain their power, they're going to have to, first of all, set themselves up as the power. If there's a king, if there's a king of the omniverse, if there's a king of creation, that means that they're not the ultimate, they're not the go-to guy. You don't go to the government. And if the government can't create dependence, then who can it extort? Because without dependence, there is no extortion. 
and without extortion, your power is radically diminished. Well, that's deep. That's deep, but it's so true. It's very true because just it's the act of sinful man. It's uh, you know, as as if you look before in Judges, and even when God spoke to them in Deuteronomy, that you know what kings we're going to do. I mean, Samuel went right off the bat, you know, and said, "This is what a king's going to do to you." And uh, it's, it, now it's like an oligarchy. This is what these people do. This is what Satan does. God allows Satan to do this. And uh, even though God is in control and he created all things and all things happen because of him, there's still these things that we've got to look, you know, these are the things that are, are now. These are reality. This is what groups want to do. This is what all over the world, not just in America. I mean, America is the the, the most place that they're trying to attack, especially infiltrating Washington right now because of these things. They don't want the public to know. That's why you see the media, except for one, I'll, I'll give props for Fox, that they are doing at least uh, 80% of uh, what a news media should be doing. Normal journalism. Normal journalism. Well, I give them 80% because yeah. that's what I give them. Like, they're yeah, not they're, not that cons- they're not consistent. I mean, you yeah, know. Because, but... you know, I look at Nobody it. is. No, no. no. Is, but they're, at least Rupert Murdoch is trying. I mean, at least he's... Uh, you know, but anyway, this, besides that fact, that you see why people want to forbid information. They want to control it. They want to twist it, like we saw what happened in Israel. That there is an embargo there, so they don't smuggle in weapons. Gaza doesn't need human, humanitarian aid as, as like everybody thinks, because I have a website that I'm going to put on the Iron Show to show you. Does Gaza really look like it? And it's a resort there that's really beautiful. And if it's anything, it's the people in Gaza that are, are keeping the people down and not Israel. Israel is trying to stop weapons so those uh, people will stop shooting rockets and endangering and killing people in Israel. And then they show you the tape. But they misinformation. They're coming out against Israel. They're condemning Israel. But Israel's doing its job and protecting its waters. Look, you can't go here and you can't bring your bombs. we got to check everything that comes in here. You know, we do that in America and, you know, you know on the... On our borders, basically, uh, we used to. We used to. We do anything that comes in. We we gotta check for terrorism, you know. And so you think, but the whole thing is is the misinformation is what they're deliberately trying to stop, you know, giving us information. And at this point, what we're talking about again, the things underneath the sea, all these things. What the Roman Catholic Church did to Galileo. Oh, I mean, what about what about the telescope? What... Luther, Luther just said, "Hey, uh, uh-uh, uh, I, you know." God help me. You know, I, I will not recant. God so help me, and that's, you know. Dude, problem. what about the giant telescope that the Catholic Church built aimed at Planet X? Come on. You ever heard Father what? Martin talk about that? What? Oh, yeah. They built this huge observatory, the Catholic Church did, Roman Catholic really? Church. Oh, yeah, to look for something, and it always is a huge mystery. And this thing is set up to look for things that really deep, and it's pointed at where people think uh, Planet X is. And Dr. I mean, uh, uh, Malachi Martin uh, was the only one who uh, commented on it, you know, and uh, it just blew me away. Because, see, he was, he was on the inside. He knew exactly what they were doing. And uh, he hinted at, at a Planet X type of... Uh, Are you talking Malachi Martin the Exorcist? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I love Father Martin so much. God rest his soul. Okay, first of all, that is a ministry that will shorten your life. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, they say 15 years once you start in earnest. Yeah, if you're getting into the deliverance ministry, that is the most disgusting janitorial Christian ministry there is. I guarantee you. That's what Father Martin always said. Uh, you know, he wanted to drive that point home. He goes, this is the, mo this is, uh, the most unnatural, insalubrious uh, type of thing. And, uh, you know. I missed my senior prom to go to a deliverance meeting. Cool. And uh, tell you what, uh, my family fell apart. No, unless you're called by God deliberately to go into something like that, You'd best stay way shy. Of oh, that. Father Martin used to say that a lot. Well, um, I, let me say I agree with the guy. I don't know about the telescopes, but uh, tell tell me something, uh, Martin. Martin, did he die of? Let me guess. Did he die of a brain hemorrhage or heart disease? A heart disease. He had okay. two heart attacks. One major one, and the last one killed him. Uh, yeah. Why would that be? Why would why would it be so? You know, if you're using the strength of the Lord, you know, and God get granted you to do that. Why because would... you're old, dear. He was old. It was, it was time for no, him to die. No, they usually, people in that ministry usually die of a brain hemorrhage or uh, heart attacks. Yeah, you know, you're going to die. God will protect you, but you're going to die once you get into you're your gonna, 70s, yeah. 80s. Well, Jesus no, I understand, yeah, but that, I just never heard that before. That's a... No, I started out, I got saved, and I started out in one of those ministries way back in the 70s, and it was it was tough, and it was ugly. It was the first my first Christian experience. Father yeah. Martin said that every exorcist that he did, he lost a part of himself that went to heaven yeah. and waited for him. And he tried to describe it to several different uh, in several different interviews, but he could he could never really describe it. He just said a, no. pe a piece of you is missing every time you. It's one more piece of you is missing. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah, it, it's. I tell you what, it is not uh, no longer I that sin, that, but sin that dwells within me. Amen. It's taking pieces of you, anyway. and it's. You know yeah, what? That's it's what just, aging process is all about. Except, I guess, I mean, if you get into that ministry, it means you, your life speeds up. You know, your means, your death speeds up, like your time. Or it's sort of like God's a, appointed time. He goes, "Well, I'm, I'm going to take you on this day anyway." Remember, remember back in the that's a dangerous 80s. job. You know, that's all there is to it. Remember back in the '80s when everybody was jogging. Yeah, in the '70s too. The people that jogged the most died the earliest. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. when you jog, when you bounce up and down, it 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 tears and stretches all the. Uh, all the hammocks that are holding your uh, your uh, your exactly. gut, guts up. Yeah. Okay. Now the Christian walk is a walk. What this ministry is is jogging all the time. It's a run. Yeah. You're running the race. You're fighting the fight. And I don't want to see these mixed martial artist guys in 20 years because they're going to be wrecks. They're going to be wrecks when you yeah, run the run, race and fight the fight. Thank you. Get battered. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly. Well, it's right. kind of weird. It's, it is kind of good that Paul says some will be. You know, some will yeah. be. Some will some be. Some will be. Casting out demons. Some will be. You know, Are, do all speak in tongues? No. no. Do all prophesy? No. no. Do all have gifts of, of organization? No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Now Peter Good, Peter Goodgame would argue with you on Iron Show Seven. You know he he really thought and uh, even even uh, uh, 
Rick uh, looked up a Bible verse and tried to back him up, which is interesting. Uh, he really thought that um, you could have any of those gifts. Just it it would depend on uh, what you were needed for. Well, you could have all of them if if you really. Yeah, God. You know, I God can. I I also believe. You know, it should be that if God wants me to use that gift right there and then, He's going to do it through me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like in emergency situations. The pastor at my church prophesied. It was quiet. It was subtle. He prophesied. He said, "Look, here's what's going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen, and this is going to happen." By Monday the next week, it had happened. It was very quiet. It was of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't theatrical. There was no theatricality there. But you look on television, uh, or I don't know, I don't watch television anymore. But you used to watch and you'd see these guys that had these ministries. And they power ministry of da-da-da-da-da. And in comes the worship hour, and then they do miracles by the, by the bushel basket load. In front of the cameras, after they put on the, uh, on the makeup, and and, uh, and it happens all according to script. I think be- though, I think a lot of that is real, and God doesn't really care as long, you know, about their twisted theology as long as they're stepping out and being, you know, healing hold people it, in Jesus' hold name. It, hold it, hold it. The danger is is that if some of this is false, remember, fall in the end times, and I and here we get back to prophecy. This is such a meandering conversation. It's cool, though. It's cool, though. In the end times, many false miracles will arise. Yeah. Okay, well. Did you ever, you, you, did you ever you, wonder about that time when Jesus said uh, he divided the sheep from the goats? And he said to the people on the right hand, and, you know, okay, you can come enter into the, the kingdom. And the, the other hand, they said, but, Lord, didn't we do miracles in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Well, yeah, you did. Yes, they did. But, but, the, but he said, but he says, I never knew you. You, you lawless, you, you lawless ones. They never became regenerated. They never became. They may have never been regenerated, but they were operating in the gifts of the spirit. But which spirit? Well, it if could be the Holy Spirit. If he wants to heal somebody, he'll just heal them, sure. no matter what. But you know, th- sure. it doesn't mean their theology is correct, and it doesn't no. mean they're not greedy and power hungry. Doesn't mean that they're regenerated either. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Then we we really agree. We really agree. Peter Goodgame on Iron Show Seven. He's a charismatic now. Famous Antichrist researcher turned charismatic. These end times. Yeah. But, in these end times. In these end times. Right. I love that. Anyway, uh, he said that when he goes to a charismatic church, he says he says that when people you know have this mass healing or get slain in the spirit or whatever, uh, some Holy Ghost thing, he says. You know, maybe 99 people fake it, you know, because they're just trained to do that. He goes, but he goes, but I know from experience that one or two people every time are actually miraculously healed. And he wants to grab onto that and step into that. Okay. But what's the purpose of false miracles? Well, it's not a false miracle. What it is, is... Wait, wait, uh, no, no. Okay. Say those people are saved. What, what's the purpose... If you're the enemy, what's the purpose of a false miracle? Um, I don't know. I have to think about that one. Well, okay. What did Paul tell the Corinthians? I, I came in you not knowing, uh, deciding not to know anything uh, of, of human eloquence, but I came in with power 
and authority. So false miracles are a, are an entree new. Or well, when you say false miracles, are you saying somebody really didn't get healed? Is that what you're I saying? No. I don't know. Wait a second. Now we're in the area where I don't know, but I'm talking from... I love it. We're on the Iron Show. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, what's up? I don't know. I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If I knew... If I... Let's put it this way. When the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. But right now, we're struggling with the imperfect. We see as though through a mirror, darkly. But read, read Mark 16. Read, read Mark 16. I mean, pull it up. Can you pull it up, uh, Rick? Mark 16, uh, 16, 16. Could you pull that up? 16, 16. Mark 16, 16. Okay. Good. Read, read it for us. A couple, three verses. 16, 16. Good. Let me start out 15. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone Are you Mark? Are you Mark? Yeah. Okay. Mark 16. 16. Okay. Right. Okay. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. Yeah. They will speak in new languages. Yeah. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. And they will be healed. That's what my King yes. James says. They will be healed. And they have. They have been. They will. They have been, and they are being right now. You, all you have to do is go to Acts chapter 2, and you can find out. And then, you know... I really want. I really want to step into that. That's my kind of thing I've been thinking about constantly. Like Peter Goodgame, you know, Peter Goodgame. He's just a regular guy. He's a carpenter, but he goes around, you know, like Seven Eleven or something. Somebody's, you know, hurt. You know, got. He goes and heals them in Jesus' name. It doesn't always work, but he's had some miraculous stuff. I mean, I, I really kind of got a lust for that. I don't know if that's okay. a good. That's good. The, not all the time the apostles tried it, it worked. Yeah. No. It was the boy, it was the boy who threw himself into fire and water. And, yeah. they, and the apostles tried to command the thing out. wouldn't come out. And Jesus said, okay, look. Here's how it works. And he goes, this one comes out by prayer and fasting. All right. Also, it comes out if you happen to be God incarnate and you tell him to get out of there. <laughs> Which that I am. really helps. I just like everybody to know. I want everybody to know that I am not God incarnate. No, neither am I the Messiah. I'm just a no, white boy. I'm just and a poor white boy. But there's times the apostles tried and it failed. Okay. Well, well all right. Then. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't always happen. No. Peter Goodham says you can't let your experience dictate your theology. You know, if something yeah. if something if something doesn't happen, you just Got to keep pressing in, you know. Uh, do another, do another one. See if, if it you heard the Holy Spirit tell you to do something and it didn't happen. You didn't hear the Holy Spirit. Amen, yeah. amen. You got it wrong. Yeah, and you we know, get and it wrong. Nothing all the wrong time. with praying without. You know, you must pray without ceasing. Period. You must. You know, that's a good thing that Peter uh, Good Game is doing an example of that. He's. Going after it. Ah, let me pray for you. He's, you know, I like, you know, I'm sometimes I'm not like that. I don't, 
Oh, I'm not that bold. I am not that bold. Um, so, you know, I, sometimes I don't feel that. Sometimes I do. Or I will pray for them. I'll, I'll look at a person. I'll just pray for them. Um, really? You know, out loud? I, out loud? Because instead of judging them like I used to do in my old flesh, because, you know, of course, uh, I'm just used to be like looking at people like, oh, look at that guy. You know, Wait a minute. Do you, do you do it out loud? Do you do it out loud so they hear you? Sometimes I do it out loud. Sometimes cool. I, I do it. You know, I, sometimes I go, I'll just say it. I'll say that person right there, Lord, just, I'll, it'll just come out of my mouth without even me thinking about it. It's just natural. Or, you know, if someone needs prayer, and I hear, if I hear someone needs prayer, if, if, if God puts me in earshot, like, and I hear a conversation where somebody says something, and uh, I say, you want me to pray for you? You know, it's being available constantly, being that waiter, being that waiting on the Lord. That's that's what it really means to wait on the Lord. That's cool. Not wait on I the never Lord thought sitting, about that. Really? Not, Is yeah, that what that means? Twiddle your thumbs and waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is, look. Like waiting tables? Waiting tables waiting, in a restaurant? Like waiting tables. It's ready to cool. serve. It's like, it's like uh, you know, the Lord's going to use you. And, he's, and he, like when he you goes through examples of the gifts, and he goes through examples of uh, just what we read in Mark 16, that's what we should always be available for. Because you got to remember, he's speaking to everyone in general. Uh, and like I said, and Paul showed you the organization of it. And he says, look, well, some are going to be to do this, some are going to do that. Like just another uh, uh, example is so one will reap, one will sow, one will plant the seed, one will water, one will dig up around the roots, you know. And We're all parts of the same body. An elbow can't say to the mouth, you know, I don't need you. And the mouth can't say to the elbow, you don't chew broccoli, therefore you're useless. All right? So we're, you know, we're all different parts. And sometimes it won't work. And sometimes the Lord will tell you to pray for somebody, and you'll check it out. And I always thought of myself as the very end. No, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, what's up? What's up? Hey, hey, Johnny. Yo. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's up? All right. All right. All right. Anyway, just I had to throw that out there because you know me. Well, um, I'd like to I'd like to thank you because you know I live for these aha moments where I learn something new on the Iron Show, and uh, thank you very much for explaining the waiting thing. I just think my, that's my, so my Pastor cool. Pastor Dan Wiedenhoff always says when you go look into the Bible or when you teach or when we discuss things, find you know something that you didn't know. Yeah. You my know, brother on the waterfront, ready to learn something, even if you are. You, we're right now discussing it, but go into something because like, you know, go in you know, with that mindset, like man, you know. And that's what he says he does when he teaches. He gets in there, he's looking for something he didn't know, even when he's preaching to us. My brother always says that on the waterfront, where when I'm at the board, you know, uh, I I want a truck job, you know, driving cans under the gear, you know, under the crane by the ship and. My brother always says, you've done that. You've done that. Pick something you haven't done. Uh, you know, I don't like doing that. That's my fault. Uh, maybe i, I got to change. Because I so do that. I, I must do that spiritually. A work in progress. And, well, who, who is it? It's not really a work in progress as in, it's just like, it, let me explain it another way. You, it's just like, uh. God always basically, what does God want when He's refining you? And this is this is from Pastor Dan's study yesterday. Wants uh, to Saturday burn off all the evil stuff or something. 
Yeah, he's looking for what he's doing to you constantly, us to all of us, is wiping the dross away constantly so he can see his reflection. Wow. Yes. And because uh, we were we created learned. in the image, we're created in the image of God, right? Yeah, so he wants to see Proverbs that. Proverbs seventeen verse three. That's cool. And he was saying, if you go through that, it was, uh, hopefully I'm going to get it up on the website as soon as it's uh, I get it. I'm going to put it as soon as I learn, you know, we go through it, Johnny. Ironshow.com, ironshow.com. Yeah, I'm learning how to use that, the FZ thing. But um, anyway, so what's clear? clear Rick is learning to be a webmaster. And impurities to see his reflection in order to see himself. He must remove all the impurities. And he's constantly doing this. He's because he loves his glory. Is that what he wants to? I can't say that they have more impurities than us, but some of us go through even hard. Like the funeral that I, did, I got back from. Oh, man. The lady Jane Foster. Been there. Uh, I, my other favorite pastor, Pastor Mike Foster, who, uh, who brought me to the book of James and, and really convinced me that there's, you know, it was convincing this skeptic like me, because uh, a big skeptic, always been a big skeptic, but just like I said, that the Bible proves itself. For anyone out there, it proves itself. God does show you himself. And like I said... Yeah, can I say something? You know, people out there, you if you want to accept Jesus, you know, now... Uh, as 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 God and and that He was raised from the dead and you want Him to come into your life, He will He will show you He's real, right, Rick? Yeah, He uh, He does that. I, I think people don't realize that He shows them to Himself daily on the waking in the morning, on the going to sleep at night, in the middle of the work week. Uh, you gotta understand. God is right there every minute. This is why it says in Scripture that all men are w without excuse. And this is in Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> yeah, Louis, Louis, my mentor back in the 80s, he used to say, he used to say, John, would you smoke a cigarette like that in front of Jesus? <laughs> and and I, used to, I used to say, I used to say well, yeah, I am right now. Oh, dear. <laughs> but it's true. But it's true, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Hey, you know, there's a lot of things that we do in front of Jesus, and uh, oh yeah. Uh, but the thing about the Lord is that He's constantly refined. I like what Pastor Dan said. Is just when it comes to the, it was really brilliant. When it you know, when things our sins come to the surface, it is God who wipes that impurity away, and He does it constantly. And that's why we, we are consistent to go to him and to go to and to to, to uh, repent and to clean, ask for cleansing of these secret faults. And when because they, they come to the surface all the time. I mean, I can't um, I can't believe the things that come to the surface in my flesh that oh, I've man. never seen before, that I would never, ever unheard of things. Are you talking about cocaine and Mexican I, girls? I mean, I can't Believe the things I've never done, nor have I acted on, nor when I was in sin would I act on things. But also they come to the surface, and I'm like, "What is that? And I, where is that coming from? Yeah, how did that I'm become like, such a monster? How does that? Yeah, people blame how the. How did I ever think something like that? People I blame mean, the devil. People blame the devil. Blame the devil. But you know, uh, we're plenty evil without the devil. Oh, yeah, the devil's just part. I, as in John Piper good say, we must make war, mortal combat with our flesh. Yeah, and he wouldn't you know? say that if if it wasn't a huge battle. 
I mean, I, he knows that, you know, it's terrible. You gotta, you gotta ask Jesus constantly, please help me, Jesus. Change me. Make me a better man. And please have mercy on me, Jesus. And he knows. And so he's basically lifting you up like that fine piece of gold. And he's polishing and he's polishing and he's polishing out the impurities to see his reflection. And I love that. That was like, Man. this hit me. And I went, no, that is. Dude, that, that hit me too. That, that's awesome. That I got, I got, awesome. I got a tear. I got a tear in my left eye. I do. Well, it, it's, it's the same old analogy about a, a silversmith. A silversmith takes silver. He puts it in the crucible. He heats it up. He heats it up till it's liquid, and he takes something that looks like a, a cross between a spatula and a small rake, and he scrapes the surface of this liquid metal, and all of the dross, all of the crud, pieces of lead and tin and aluminum and whatever, impure metals and crud is in there. He scrapes that stuff off of the top of this liquid metal. Then he lets the metal cool. And as he lets the metal cool, the remaining impurities rise to the surface, okay? Because the little dance of molecules they do when the, when the metal is liquid, it's, it just sort of works into the surface. So he heats it up again to the melting point. And then he takes the same little spatula and scrapes it off again. That's why they say, as though pure as though silver tried seven times in the fire, which means it's been heated up to the melting point seven times and had the top scraped from all of the impurities. The end of the process is when you heat up the liquid, the metal to the liquid point, it's so reflective and it's so pure that you look in it from above and it's a perfect reflection of your face. Oh, it's wow. like a mirror. Yeah. And that's the Man, that's a good analogy. You can't get much better than that. As silver tried seven times in the fire, proved seven times in the fire. You know what? I don't like being refined. It's usually it usually hurts. That's why it's called a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I don't like being refined, Jesus. But uh, man, think of think of another way. <laughs> no, meltdown is it. That's yeah. it. That's a, so, yeah, that's that's like know, the law of the universe. He's got to do it that way. Yeah. Also, though, you know, Jesus has really uh, refined me in, at times when he's really blessed me. I just feel so thankful that I want to be a better man, you know? You know, that's just the, that's the little scoop coming and removing the crud from the top of your head. I've got some crud on top of my head right now, actually. Everybody's got some crud. <laughs> that skull of ours is just packed full of it, isn't it? Oh, I don't man. know what it is, but I was running the weed eater. I got little chunks of dirt and, and little critters on top oh. of my head right now. <laughs> What's up? What's up? <laughs> Sorry. You know, it just, it was so true, you know, for me at the moment, but. Hey, uh, you know, oh, you wanted to talk about, um, you wanted to talk about uh, prophets and prophecy and false prophets and people oh, prophesying. Hey, hey, John, Johnny, I got, I got a whole thing on that. So, uh, oh, okay. Well, what do you want to talk about, Steph? Oh, 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 dude, we got, we got to bail. We got to bail pretty quick. Uh, we got uh, twenty minutes. Yeah. 20, I got, I got, 19. I got like 
a, a few minutes of the first one. This okay, but I'm going to need some time because I got this new computer. And, uh, uh, uh. No, that's okay. Let's, uh, let's uh, hint on it, and i got to figure out where we're going to fit it in. Yeah, you know, Steph, what, what do you want to talk about? You know, we can finish this, too, after uh, after uh, Nation Talk, if you're still okay. around. All I, wanted, all I basically wanted to say is, because we don't have perfect knowledge, the arguments that we have as Christians one with another are based on imperfect thought, imperfect knowledge, imperfect concept, and imperfect understanding. And yet we scratch scratch and bite and devour each other because one person's imperfect knowledge is more perfect than the other person's imperfect knowledge and basically when the perfect comes all this imperfect will be done away with what we need to do now is be able to say well i don't know as christians after it feels stupid you feel incompetent Especially me after 30 years of being a Christian. Yeah, we feel like we're going to lose credibility if we say yes. that. But. And, we, and, the, and the fact is is that we should lose credibility. Yeah, we, we, we're not credible. Oh, that's we're the point, credible. right? We are not the Word of God. No, we're not we credible. We're not credible. So basically, the small little nuggets of gold that comes... It's like, yeah, gold in, the, in its pre-refined form. It comes in mixed with all kinds of minerals and stuff like that. If we can find a, a good vein of gold, yes, then follow that pure that vein of gold. And we have, we have, you know, we stand on one thing very dogmatically. Jesus was God. He was raised from the yes. dead. And he is the only way. He's the only way to eternal life. There well, is no yeah, other. That's what we consider orthodox. And we, orthodox. we stand very firm on that. In or we must be orthodox. I mean, that's what orthodox means. We must be in you know the right doctrine. Paul stressed this. He made uh, John stress this. James stressed this. They stressed it. Like, look, you you know you better make sure that you're in line with Scripture, uh, us personally, and that then when we find people that are in agreement, because you know we should be in agreement. We should know that. The Bible speaks for itself. It doesn't need us to interpret it. It doesn't need us to defend it. It doesn't, you know, it says, look, when Jesus said, you must be born again, he means you must be born again. You yeah, must he said, again. marvel not. Don't marvel about it. You must be transformed by the yeah. renewing of your mind, Paul said. And that Romans 12 and being born again, oh, they perfectly agree, because be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, you know, we marvel at that because it's a spiritual thing, and we don't understand the spirit world. No, exactly. That's why we're so stupid. We've got our minds are entirely limited by the format in which they operate, and they're operating according to a fleshly format. Thank you for supporting and listening to the Iron Show with a splash of tea and honey with a squeeze of lemon in your drink, and that you will take the information and sit it on your bedside as you hit your pillows and the feathers fly up if you have a feather bed. <laughs> Thank you for the iron show. And if you get those feathers between your lungs as you're hacking it out ferociously, you must think of the iron show even more and more just remember with your head in the toilet bowl you may think of the iron show yeah
Thank you for listening. Uh, good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good we love you. One, two, three. Goodbye. Hey, Johnny, are you still there with Feather Coffee today? Oh, Rick, please. Oh, Rick, please. Go away. Rick, go away. Rick, I'm begging you. Go away. The ascendancy of the scientific dictatorship. Available now at Amazon.com. The 2006 Book Surge Edition is available in an expanded and revised form, which includes some of their predictions that are now coming to pass, such as the demographic winter, the population implosion, and the fall of the European Union. Articles by the Collins Brothers, available at www.conspiracyarchive.com. Click on the articles link, then look for contributing authors, then look for Paul and Philip Collins. Collins Brothers on Audio. Click the blog link at www.conspiracyarchive.com. You will see a comprehensive list of archived audio interviews with Paul and Philip Collins. Also check out the podcast, The Collins Brothers Unleashed, at Podomatic.com. Go to Podomatic.com and enter the Collins Brothers Unleashed in the search box. Thank you. We love you, Lord. I thank you so much for the Iron Show and for my friends, Johnny and Rick, Lord. Father, I thank you. I love you, Lord. I love you so much, Jesus.